Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Monday, the 24th of August, 2020. And we're starting a new week today. And who knows what this week has in store for us? Who knows what this week has in store for you? And we don't know, especially this year of all years, what might happen this week. I can't tell you how it's going to end. I can't tell you how the year 2020 is going to end. But as we open up God's word today to start off a new week, we're reminded of how it's all going to end, that everything is going to turn out well in the end, that all will be made right eventually. And I want us to see that from one of the most powerful statements in the book of Job today, as we look at Job chapter 16 through 20. And as we continue on in the book of Job, one thing I think, and I would hope we're getting out of this, is the reality of human pain and suffering. If we start thinking that Uh, You know, the Bible just is this rosy book, you know, where everything works out like a fairy tale and um, all the pain, it's it's not a big deal. We just change our perspective and everything's fine. That's not what the Bible teaches. From cover to cover, there are examples of intense and severe human suffering in this book. And, And that's important for us to understand because at some point in our lives, It might not be to the severe level that Job experienced, but we will suffer like Job. Or there's going to be times in our lives where we're the friends being called to gather alongside a friend of ours who is suffering. And so whether we are the one suffering or we are the one coming alongside the one who is suffering, it's so important for us to never try to just minimize suffering like it's no big deal. Because when we read the words of Job, We see somebody who is hurting. And really, I would even say one thing we are going to see is Job isn't perfect in how he responds to everything. I think there's times where he is frustrated at God and he's wanting to argue with God about his circumstances. I mean, he he says things like in chapter 16, verse 7, he says, surely now God has worn me out. He has made desolate all my company and he has shriveled me up, which is a witness against me. Uh, right, right. He's, he's very down. And that's where I think we have to be sensitive. I, it's hard to really say in some of these situations, well, what particular statements is just Job grieving and what is him uh, really going at God in a way that he shouldn't do? Because remember, at the end of the story, he says, I repent in dust and ashes about the way that I've responded in, in some of the things that I have said and the perspective that I have had. Uh, but but Job is suffering and his friends, we, we, we see a couple today. We see Bildad in chapter 18 and Zophar in chapter 20, just basically giving more of the, hey, the bad people suffer. So if you're suffering, you must be bad. This overly simplistic worldview, it's really more the same from them. But what I want to call our attention to is a verse of incredible hope, probably one of the most famous verses outside of those first chapters of Job, and that's in Job chapter 19, verse 25. And let's just give some context. Verse 23, again, Job is suffering. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Well, he got what he wished for, right? We're reading it in a book 
thousands of years later. Oh, that I, with an iron pen and lead, they were engraved in the rock forever. He's saying, man, I want my suffering to be remembered. And again, I think he's still trying to make his case before God. But then he says this, for I know that my redeemer lives and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh, I shall see God whom I shall see for myself and my eyes shall behold and not another. My heart faints within me. That despite everything that's going on, Job knows it's going to be all right in the end. It will all be made right because my redeemer lives and he's going to stand on the earth. So I don't know what you're going through as we start a new week. I'm, I'm sure for most of us, there are things in our life that are hard, that are difficult. I'm also sure for most of us, it probably doesn't rise to the level of what Job was experiencing. But for all of us, we can say, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know how the story ends. He will stand on the earth. And I hope that encourages you. I hope that gives you perspective as you start another week, that we know who our Redeemer is. Jesus is alive and Jesus is coming back. And that's just something even just personally that's been encouraging me lately as I have thought about heaven and you think about times in life where you're worried or anxious or maybe even just tired or stressed. And I've just been thinking, man, there's going to come a day where I'm never going to feel any of those things ever again, because I will be with the Lord and I will be in a place where there, there's nothing to worry about. And I'll be in a place where there is no anxiety. There's no mourning. There's nothing to be stressed about. There's no, there's no deadlines. There's, there's just eternity to spend in the presence of the Lord, enjoying a new heaven and a new earth. This is our future for Christians. And we see even in the midst of his suffering, Job never completely lets go of that hope. He's still holding on to that hope. So may we hold on to that hope today as well. And another place where we see similar themes to this is in Psalm 102. As we continue reading Psalm 102, and today we read... Uh, verses 12 through 17, Psalm 102, 12 to 17. And remember just the, even the inscription at the beginning of the Psalm that kind of gives us the background. It says a prayer of one afflicted when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. And yesterday, that's basically what we saw pouring out the complaint, but today it shifts. Look how it starts. But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever you are remembered throughout all generations, right? He changes his perspective, remembering God, you're still on the throne and you're going to be remembered. In the end, you're going to make it right. In the end, it will all point back to you. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is time to favor her. The appointed time has come for your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. For the Lord builds up Zion, he appears in his glory, he regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. What encouraging words. So I hope these initial passages do encourage you as we start a new week, 
that you would be encouraged to put your eyes on your Redeemer. Put your eyes on the one who is on the throne. Put your eyes on the one that will come back someday and make everything right. And that doesn't eliminate our suffering. No, suffering can be still a very real and a very serious thing. But it gives us hope and even joy in the midst of that suffering. And even as we think about difficult situations, I want us to turn now to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 as we finish up the book of 2 Thessalonians today. And it seems clear that there was some kind of suffering going on in this church. And even it seems like it was the suffering of persecution as we see Paul comforting them at the beginning that God is, Jesus is going to come and he is going to pay back the people that are persecuting them. But he gives this prayer at the beginning of, a prayer request, I should say, at the beginning of chapter 3, when he says, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And We have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. So one other thing that I want you to do today, even as we think about those that are suffering, I want you to think of somebody in your life that's suffering. And I want you to pray some of these things for them. Pray that through them, the word of the Lord would speed ahead. Pray that they'd be delivered from wicked or evil people in their lives. Pray that God would establish them and guard them against the evil one. And and even pray that God would direct their hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. Maybe you even need to pause this podcast right now and, and pray for somebody in your life that you know is having a hard time. Somebody that's going through some tough things because they need people to pray for them especially that God would guard them against the evil one. So take some time and pray for somebody like that now. And as we continue, the chapter then goes on to warn against idleness, to warn really against laziness. And he even says, hey, our example was you need to, to work. And, and that people that, that, that don't work, that, that's, that's a problem. He says there in verse 12, now Such persons who aren't working, they're just being lazy. They're just being idle. We command and encourage in the Lord to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Uh, So, and earlier it says that familiar phrase, if he doesn't work, don't let him eat. And I think this is a good call to all of us that God wants us to work hard. It's Monday, which means most of you, you're going back to work today and just Let this be an encouraging thought to you as you go back to work. This is God's design, that you would work, that you would earn your own living. And so, verse 13, don't grow weary in doing good. Go to work today, work hard as for the Lord, and don't grow weary of of doing that thing. One last passage today, we look at Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 11. In chapter, in verses 7 through 11, it tells a very familiar parable, the parable of the wedding feast, where, where Jesus gives this warning. Hey, when you're invited to this to the feast, don't sit at like the head spot of the table. So someone will have to say, hey, you're not supposed to be sitting there. Go, go sit down there. 
He says, instead, go sit down there. And then they might say, hey, no, 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 don't sit down there. Come on up here. And it's a pretty simple parable, but an important reminder of the importance of humility. And that's something that Jesus exemplified. That's something he calls us to do. And so again, as you start a new week, even consider the situations today. Hey, how can I walk into meetings I'm going to have today or situations I'm going to be in and act like I'm the least important person in in the room? How can I give others honor and, and, you know, take the back seat or or take the, the seat not at the head of the table if I need to? This is the example that Jesus teaches. And this is the warning he gets, especially when he sees you know, these religious leaders, and that's what it was all about, building themselves up. He gives that powerful warning. But I hope we all find encouragement from God's word today. No matter what's going on in our lives, we know how the story ends. We know that our Redeemer lives, and in the end, He will stand on the earth, and all will be made right on that day. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.